following is an R.E.D. Podcast Network production, bringing on-demand geek audio straight to your eardrums one podcast at a time. To listen to more great geek audio podcasts, check out the R.E.D. Podcast Network at redpodcastnetwork.com, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. PM Somewhere podcast. My name is Zeen, and this is the podcast where we rage against the fizzy piss machine. We take no prisoners when it comes to real beer. Alright, so this is the catch-up episode that was meant to happen at the weekend, but just never actually did happen because I was actually quite ill. Um, so ill, in fact, that when I went to go and drink one of my favourite beers, uh, my sense of taste, my sense of smell, everything else was all absolutely fucked up. And there's nothing worse than that because it's one of your favourite beers, you crack it open and you're just like, oh, I can't believe how bad this tastes, but it's because your nose, and don't forget, your sense of taste is actually predominantly guided by your sense of smell, so when you've got like a cold like I did, that was an absolute motherfucker, uh, it utterly destroys your beering experience, so I guess that's my top tip, if there's beers you really like, or that you want to try, save it for when you're actually well and not actually ill with a cold. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about on this episode, that wasn't meant to be done at the weekend, this is the last time I referred to that, uh, is I wanted to talk about the whole thing of cranking up flavours in beers, and sort of, uh, we're at this point now in Ireland where we're sort of seriously starting to crank up the the hop values in, in our craft beers and everything else. And sort of what guided this conversation to actually come into play to be started is that uh, obviously I did an interview a couple of weeks ago as part of the Brewers of Ireland series for the 11pm podcast with Niall Phelan of the Rye River Company and Niall had touched upon the idea that yeah, his IPA for example and the beers that he does are not for the maybe not for that aims towards the hardcore craft beer uh, drinkers and consumers that it's meant to act as sort of gateway craft beer to bring people into uh, these styles and these uh, forms of beer away from the more commercial uh, domestic fizzy piss beer that an awful lot of people uh, still drink and it was this idea of a gateway beer so it's not overly hopped, it's not overly bitter um, the flavours would be significantly better than their commercial counterparts um, not to say that what Niall's doing isn't commercial Niall's in this to make money the same as everyone else god damn it but to give something a little bit more artisanal and to be that gateway thing because get, unfortunately beer is just not like wine where it's very very easy to get into wine uh, especially because wine has a a certain connotation that's already added to it that there's sophistication to it beer is never sort of advertised with any sense of sophistication I mean if you think back on what sort of drove this was there is a documentary that's open and freely available on uh, YouTube called Craft Beer, a Hoppumentary. And the opening gambit of the documentary, or the short doc, is that um, the idea that beer, like in the, you talk about the 50s and 60s in the States, was sold, that it was very uh, clean, very crisp, very easy to drink, um, and that it, it, it sort of led to companies like Anchor being taken over by people like Fritz Maytag uh, who wanted to actually make really interesting beers that had lots of flavour and didn't want to um, do things that were contrary to what he believed good beer should be 
and it gave the idea of like if you think about any of the anchor beers like they're pretty they are hardcore beers no matter what way you want to look at them especially if you're someone who's been used to drinking something that's very dull and as watery and as lacking in flavor body and substance as say Budweiser or your Heineken's or um like, like even Carlsberg like they that like how lacking in, in flavor that actually is as a beer um and there is a need if you're trying to get someone to go and drink these other beers and to move away from them it's very difficult to turn around to someone and say well you make a jump from uh, I mean, okay let's, let's just take a, a, an IPA just for example your standard IPA let's take an O'Hara's IPA which is a beautiful beautiful beer as it stands and you know it's a fairly commonly found beer in this country uh, especially with their O'Shea's brand that they do for Aldi uh, is that like it, it's a very difficult beer to give someone who's been drinking those kind of other beers or they've been drinking some of the the other very very light watery pilsner slash lagers to move someone into an IPA which is a completely different type of beast of a beer uh, and even if you move someone into sort of a craft pilsner or a craft lager like it's still a very very substantial jump because the aromas are very very different the bittering will be a bit stronger um, the flavors that are being in there from the type of hops that they're using will be far more aggressive because that's what these guys are shooting for and it's, it's very very difficult to actually go down that route and it, I referred to this on I think the last episode of the show I was talking about chilies when you start down the road of actually making your way through the chili universe um, you use most people start with something like a hot sauce or a sweet chili sauce and it then comes to a point at some stage down the line for a lot of people where the kind of chili sauce that you're staring down the barrel of is you're trying to go for stuff which has ridiculous amounts of Scoville units in behind us. And I know this myself, like I'm, I'm at this point, like I'm a, a lifelong uh, consumer of chilies, and it started from when I was a kid, and my mum introduced me to them. And if very back, back then, it would have been like. Uh, just your average sort of red chili and not even not even your jalapeno green chili but just like a regular green chili and i would have found that incredibly hot back then and then you progress on to things like jalapenos then you progress on to things like some bird's eyes and you start progressing into uh habaneros and then you start getting to the stage where you start dallying around with ghost chilies which is kind of the stage that i'm still at at the moment which is uh, a little bit on the sickening side but what happens is as you start moving through these different levels of chilies I mean for example your jalapeno chili uh, it has that uh, always a little bit of tartness that goes along with it you go into your habanero chilies which tend to be quite fruity and when you get past the heat factor you start noticing the different things that, that flavours that that will open up and encompass and the possibilities that that will then engender and it's the same thing with good beer with craft beers as well um, I mean when I sort of started dallying into craft beers um, in terms of what we actually have available to us now in Ireland uh, a while back like my first beer that I got introduced to was uh, wasn't even a punk IPA it was like a rogue beer which was quite heavy and quite hoppy and I was a little bit disturbed by it but now I'm at the point where I actually really love those kind of beers um, and I love really hoppy really bitter beers as well 
like I, I, for a long time I moved away from drinking beer and I stuck to drinking spirits because I just become so fucking disillusioned and I kind of lost my way in the world uh, with beer where I, I got off on a dalliance drinking commercial fizzy piss beer which like it, it got to the point where I just did nothing for me and I found that I was just drinking it because I fucking for the sake of drinking some fucking beer uh, I wasn't getting it and so then I started drinking like um, spirits that I actually really did like and spirit drinks that I really really did like and with beer it's the same thing as well as I've progressed more and more now I keep going like what's funny was it triggered me off thinking about this further was my buddy Frank is actually brewing a a new beer at the moment uh, his homebrew setup and I'd sort of been helping him pick out the hops and we'd gone for something which was like ridiculous an utter hop bomber with beer that we decided to uh, put together in terms of like we've loads of like kiwi hops in there like Pacifica we got some Machuaca um, we've got some uh, some Atanum in there we've got some Simcoe in there we've got some Chinook we've got like some really big fucking flavours going in there beer wise and it's almost like 200 grams of hop uh, gone into his homebrew which is quite a lot of hops going into a homebrewed beer uh, so it's really really heavy it's going to be fantastic um, but what Wayne had actually said was were you driven that myself and Frank were driven by like a we were hop hunting and uh, being IBU junkies, effectively. And when we started, we and it sort of made me think about it. Yeah, I'm actually at that point now where I love ridiculously bitter beer. I love ridiculously hoppy beer. Um, I mean, it's no secret that like one of my go-to beers is Hardcore IPA by Punk. Um, I'm also partial to Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA, well above their Pale Ale, which is still a stunning beer in its own. Um, and that I do really like those stronger beers and it's not for the ABV I love those big aggressive hoppy flavours and I love those big aggressive bites of bitterness as well Um, something which I was really enamoured with with uh, the Brewdog Jackhammer beer Um, and I'm now on sort of the way where I'm sort of hunting my way around for some ridiculously hardcore bitters uh, from other brewers as well at the moment so I'm kind of on this little hunting mission any suggestions people have for seriously hardcore bitter beers uh, throw me uh, a a DM on Twitter or send me a tweet on Twitter at 11pm somewhere I'd love to hear people's suggestions and especially where I can go and find these beers um, because I'm now I'm, I'm kind of on my IBU junkie phase which is going to be really really a really fun and exciting phase of beer uh, a sort of investigation and discovery for me as to how much bitter I can actually handle considering I love ultra sour tastes and ultra um spicy tastes as well so like I, I'm always this thing where I like to go into the extremes of tastes uh, because there's so many different things that you can experience at that point um, in, the, in the flavors profiles so anyway we're getting back to this thing so we did, did the beer with Frank and now we're at the stage where it's going through its fermentation phase and then in a while it's going to be passing into the phase where um, he is going to have to go and bottle it and it's going to be bottle conditioned and then we'll see how it turns out it's like it should be epic I think like his first gravity reading gave us something like a 5% 5.5% ABV which is you know it's not it's not bad it's not bad uh, it's up there with sort of the regular beers that we tend to drink uh, as our uh, session slash go-to beers um, but again so coming back to the idea of like how hoppy a beer do we have to be and it, it kind of, I've actually myself now when I've actually done things like where I've gone to single hop beers um 
where the entire beer has been predicated upon just the flavours of have been centralised around the flavours of one particular hop uh, or one particular uh, where they use the same recipe and four different types of yeasts and I'm thinking in particular of uh, the IPA's Dead series by Brewdog or the Unleashed Yeast series um, and I'm thinking like sometimes less is more and this is something which Eric Clapton has always said about uh, music where if you can say something in one note it's far more powerful than being able to say it in 20 notes um, and I, I'm kind of now thinking like even though like I'm on this mad IBU hunt buzz and this mad hardcore hot buzz as well there's occasions where I just like something which is very very simple and I, and I can see now where people like Niall are coming from when they're talking about gateway beers and I think this is something which also came up in uh, a couple other topics of conversation as well that I've seen throughout social media um, this idea of a sort of uh, having these other beers that dial back and they're almost in stark contrast to like what the predominant trend is in craft beers especially if you look in Ireland now where we're starting to see people uh, sort of hop their beers aggressively uh, very much in the same style as the Americans have done in their craft beer revolution in line with what Sierra have done in line of what um, Anchor have done and in light of what an awful lot of these other guys like Stone Stone I think are an incredible beer company um, and then you look at guys in Europe who are doing like super creative stuff like Mikel are just mind blowing and then you look at the guys in uh, Coibus who recently won the uh, the All Tech Dublin Cup award with their Imperial Number no. 4 which I've been told by the way uh, this is sort of a bit of an exclusive on the podcast this is actually going to be put on sale pretty soon in O'Brien's Wines as well um, like I know I put out on Twitter yesterday that O'Brien's are actually going to be stocking the blacks of Kinsale beer as well but apparently they're going to be doing a couple of more Irish craft beers as well they're going to be doing independent brewing companies beers they're going to be doing the Coibus beers especially the Imperial Stout the number four um, they're going to be doing uh, like a couple of more as well so look if you're looking for more like I know that the, you go into O'Brien's and you're faced with an awful lot of European craft beer you're faced with sort of uh, some British craft beer styles as well and you core of brew dogs and all the rest of the usual good stuff and then you've got a whole ton of like uh, of yank ale going in there as well which is no bad thing because I do think the Americans right now in terms of craft beer they produce the largest variety of it but everyone needs to remember that their craft beer revolution is now 25 years old going strong and it's growing and we're still at the very very young infant stage at this in Ireland um, I think like we are at the point in Ireland where they were say in 19... Maybe 1980, 1982. Uh, so we're talking sort of post anchor in Liberty, uh, where Liberty was had this Fritz Maytag had this brilliant. This is a sort of a slight segue story, but I'm going to tell it anyway because I think it's interesting. Is that uh, Fritz Maytag uh, when it was coming up to the American bicentennial in uh, 1976 decided he didn't want to do something to join the crowd for everyone who produced bicentennial products in 1976. So he decided to produce a beer in 1975, which became the Liberty Ale Beer. And the idea behind this was that it was to celebrate the ride of Paul Revere, and it was going to be start brewing on April 16th, or April 8th, I can't remember which, but it's one of the dates in early April when Paul Revere went riding uh, out to let people know the British were coming. And uh, he put out this beer, and the beer actually, by his own admission, was quite terrible. 
and Anchor had this tradition or had this tradition at the time of doing their Christmas beers each year and there'd be a slightly different beer each year and in 1982 he stumbled across a recipe for a Christmas beer that they were doing that year and they loved that recipe so much but it wasn't necessarily a very Christmassy type uh, recipe compared to like what they were doing and what the entire point of a winter ale or a Christmas ale was um, was that that recipe then became the de facto recipe for what we now know as Liberty Ale um, and like we're at that point where we're at that point where we've got off the stumbling blocks of our craft beer revolution and we're at that point where we're starting to fine tune I mean I was having a discussion with the guy in um, O'Brien's when I went in to pick up some beers the other day because I wanted a whole heap of Sierra Nevadas I thought you know hops are antibacterial uh, alcohol kills germs this will help uh this will help me with my medication, help me with my cold, it's still ongoing, uh, bullshit, no it didn't, uh, but my, my head, my logic was sound, and the guy was like, when I was talking to him about a, a lot of the, uh, he was telling me about the other Irish beers that were coming in, because I had an awful lot of Yank beers going up onto the table, because uh, I've got loads of Irish beers still sitting at home, and, uh, he used to tell me about all these Irish beers that were coming in, and I was like, look, there's a... When he said blacks, I was like, great, are you going to be getting, like, the five-litre kegs? The mini kegs of uh, blacks that they were sort of putting out last year. And he's like, no, it's going to be bottles. And he's like, yeah, we're starting to start to see more craft beer. And I was like, dude, you have no idea how many craft beer producers there are in this country. You have a ton of amazing beers. I mean, you've got uh, N17, who were doing some amazing beers, and I said to him, you've got the Trouble Beer, which is... Uh, in your fridge there and that's brewed only just because it was uh, O'Brien's and Lucan is where I was I was like that's the trouble beer is brewed only down the road in Kill and then I said you see the McGargle stuff you've got over in your fridge that right now is brewed in Scotland it's an Irish craft beer brand but in later on this month or early next month that's going to be brewed exclusively down in Kilcock County Kildare I said then you've got uh, like the likes of White Gypsy down in uh, Tipperary who are do some amazing Belgian style beers uh, which are like would give any fucking Belgian beer you have in that fridge an absolute run for their money and then you've got the guys up in, uh, in Donegal and Kinnegar who are doing some utterly fucking incredible brews and I said and to top that off your Super Quinn store next door which has just been rebranded as Super Value they're now going to be starting to stock the brew brewery range of beers and bottles and I'd only seen this the other day in a flyer that came through my door uh, like alongside a couple of other styles of craft beers there was the brew bottles in there and the IPA and the Rua and uh, I was like those guys are only down in Meath and they're, they're cooking up a storm now these dudes are like going to be pushing out some pretty cool stuff and I said when I'm naming you a couple of these guys this is only like the tip of the iceberg for the amount of craft beer brewers and this is a guy who recommends beer to people in uh, O'Brien's and I'm like dude like you really need to start looking into this go on to Bior go on to use the Bior Finder app um, and like there are some incredible craft beer producers out there and I said um, there's one that I'm like because he, he's like he likes his stout he doesn't like his IPAs he likes his uh, those stouty beers and he likes some of the other ones is what he was telling me and I was like look if you like your stouts for example okay and you like because he said he was particularly partial to the uh, Brooklyn dark chocolate stout, which is a fucking fantastic beer. Um, I said to him, "Hey, you need to go into Dublin City. You need to go into places like Farringtons. You need to go into places like LM Mullig and Grocer, uh, and you need to go into a couple other places. Um, and you need to try a stout called Ferrami by Otterbank. And I said, if you like stouts, this will blow your fucking beanie for you." 
Um, that it is an amazingly complex beer. It's beautifully malty. Wonderful coffee notes in there from some three fe coffee beans that are gone in there as well. Lovely, wonderful smoky notes in there as well. And he's like, "Wow, that sounds incredible." And he's like, "Well, he's like, can we put it on bottles?" And I'm like, "Well, pff, I don't know, but you know, the guys in Otterbank they aren't hard to find. You can hit them up on the Twitters." Um, and I'm sure if you go into any of these places and you try one of the, 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 a pint of Ferrami, um, that you will be able to get in contact with them and then see maybe it's this is something that O'Brien's go and do. I mean, I don't know. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's kind of surprising. Like, it, you've got the likes of Ruth Devaney over in Devaney's. I'm mean, like, uh, wow. Fuck all that lady doesn't know about beer. It's like, it's... Uh, it's it's utterly fucking incredible, and then you got the likes of O'Brien's, which have a huge emphasis on craft beer in part of their beer cabinets as well. Uh, in in particular stores where they know they've got a good demographic to buy craft beer. I mean, a good example is go to O'Brien's in City West. Craft beer selection is fucking terrible. Go to O'Brien's in Nace, as my buddy Frank will attest to. They tend to have a very reasonable amount of craft beer. The one in Lucan has a ridiculous amount of fucking craft beer. Uh, their Cracker Craft Beer Fridge is about half the size of their regular beer fridge, which, like, when you think about it, like, that's, it says an awful lot. And uh, then you've got the likes of, uh, like, the carryouts at Galvin's and, and a couple of others, and they've, who have, like, a ridiculous amount of craft beer available for people to buy and try. Um, but again, it could lead you down this rabbit hole of, like, where do you start someone off in craft beers? So where do you introduce them? I mean, I know what I give people as an introduction for craft beer, um, but I, I do it partially because I'm an asshole, number one. And number two, the, the person isn't doesn't have to be persuaded to drink craft beer, but they're, they're quite open and happy to try it. And I'm like, well, you know what? Jump in here, have a punk IPA, you can't go far wrong. I mean, yeah, I could, I could be... I could play for the fucking home team and say... Um, wanted to try an O'Hara's, but I think O'Hara, I think the O'Hara's, while it's a beautiful thing, I think Punk just hits the notes of what I think IPAs are in terms of uh, the fruitiness, the levels of bitter, and I think the piney notes being in there, because I think that to me is, when you talk about sort of craft beers right now, we are leaning towards following an awful lot of American styles in how we approach things. Uh, unlike Niall Phelan's IPA, which I think is a very, very um, it's actually a fairly traditional-ish IPA. It, it doesn't tend to have an awful lot of Americanisms to it. Um, and that's probably why I, I'm, I'm not as partial to it as, as uh, others seem to have been. Um, but anyway, uh, the whole thing about yeah, hop chasing, IBU chasing, uh, there does come a point where how far do you need to go? Like, uh, like do you get to the... Uh, like with the chilies with me, do you get to the ghost chili phase, which is always like an interesting and fun phase to get to, uh, because like there at that point you start going, well, what if I mix ghost chili extract with powdered ghost chili and some fresh ghost chilies, and then you start getting to the point where all you're doing is actually chasing a particular buzz. Because don't forget when you're talking about chilies uh, or any sort of very very extreme tastes. Uh, especially ones where they're pushing the boundaries of uh, what your taste buds can actually tolerate. Uh, there does tend to be this almost like a semi-endorphin rush that happens in your body, and it's the same. Uh, it, it, that's sort of what you become. You start chasing the endorphin rush, and I know that myself with chili. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, why am I actually adding this this particular type of chili 
to what I'm cooking or making? Am I doing it because I fancy just blasting the fucking head off myself? Or am I doing it because I actually want the flavors that this chili brings and what it brings to the party when it turns up? So it's like the guy turning up with like a, a couple of six packs of the most bitching beer in the world and you're just, you're just like, you're so glad that that guy arrived to the party as opposed to the guy you brought uh, shit which no one really wanted or people thought they wanted but they didn't really. And uh, chasing like bitterness and chasing thing is also the same way. So I can understand why there are people out there who are doing sort of very very subtle beers, um, and why some people would look at them and go, "Well, I don't understand. Well, if you're going to do a craft beer, why would you do something that subtle?" And this is why, you know, like we, a lot of us who like our craft beer, we seem to forget sometimes that the majority of people don't fucking drink craft beer. Um, they're not going to be persuaded into drinking it. I mean, like, uh, to me, I'd say that's their choice, but I'd say also see it as it's their loss to experience something which is really good, especially when you're talking about a product which very often carries a premium price. Um, is that this is something which should be enjoyable. It should be something that you really like. And I, I, I honestly can't see how someone can say that they really like the taste of Budweiser. Um, but that in the same token, talk about going to a fantastic artisan food restaurant uh, and loving what they do with their flavors and their food. I think that's such a fucking dichotomy. You're talking about, uh, uh, on one hand, something which is diverse in flavor, diverse in what it brings to your palate, and then something which does nothing to your fucking palate and is, is like John Major Grey from Spinning Image. That is, the, that is how I envisage those kind of beers. Like they, they're very much like the spitting image uh, representation of John Major. Uh, Grey, dull, lifeless, boring, flaccid, um, and not really bringing anything to the party. Other than being some fizzy pissed ass. If you drink enough of it, you may or may not get fucking hammered off your tits. Um, so, like, again, when we're talking about sort of the overhopping of beers and the overviews, to summarize with this is, I can see where people like Niall Phelan are coming from with this, and I've actually seen a couple other posts around the internet on various forums and everything else about people talking about going for very subtle beers, and why we're, in some cases now, in, in beer uh, markets that are sort of a little bit more... Um, craft beer markets are a little bit further along than our own one. We're sort of seeing this uh, renaissance of like of beers which are uh, far more subtle uh, about what they're doing is, and they're not trying to be the next Hoptimum or the next Hop Bomb beer going out there, or the next Beer Bomb beer. Um, what I want to do is I want to say thanks to everyone who's been sort of following with the show, who's been following me on Twitter, who's been feeding back and everything else. Um, like this month alone has been just a real boon of downloads. Like of, I wasn't. I think with the uh, the episode for the first Brewmasters of Ireland series, uh, Brewers of Ireland series that I'd done, um, that that had actually doubled the traffic that I'd done for the entire month of January, which I thought was incredible. And oh, and for those who've been wondering, has been listening to this episode of the podcast, I have actually been doing this episode of the show in my car as I was driving to work. Um, I've actually done this for a couple of other podcasts that I do, and I find sometimes when I need to get a show out, this is a really, really good way to go and do it. And again, when you're talking about podcasts, you're not always shooting for something which is incredibly uh, well-produced and everything else, because you're going for content, and some of the best podcasts in the world out there in terms of their content and their followership and everything else, I've actually got the... uh, They've, they've lousy sound quality and they, they tend to develop it over time as they're able to go and invest more time and money in the shows and everything else 
Uh, at the moment, if you're looking at the website and wondering, hey, I thought a new website was coming, this is something I'm actually still developing at the moment, and I'm looking that hopefully I will have completed uh, within the next two weeks. I have a couple of bits and pieces that I'm working on. I've just acquired a brand new um, template for the site that I had to go and buy, and there's a couple of other bits and pieces I want to start doing as well. I want to just make the site more than just a, a repository for where the podcast is. I want to be able to share videos that are really cool about beer up on the site as well, give people a reason to come back and pull those out. Um, and I want to start doing sort of my own videos as well uh, that are going up there, um, whether it's video interviews, whether it's um, video reviews of beer. I want to try and not do video reviews of beer. I mean, it's fucking... It's been done to death at this point, and, uh, you know, everyone's opinion on beer is very, very different. Um, and it, it, it's completely and utterly subjective. So what I'll do is, I will try and get that site up in the next two weeks. I am hoping that I, this weekend I'm going to see if I can pull out uh, another interview that I can add in. I don't know whether it's going to be a Brewers of Ireland Series 1, or whether I'm going to get to catch up on another one that I'd actually wanted to do. Uh, I'll need to see and play that by ear. But either way, there will be another episode of the show coming this weekend to bring us back on schedule. Thanks again for stopping by. Remember, we have a new website address, which is www.11pmsomewhere.com. And again, you can always hit me up on the Twitter, at 11pmsomewhere. So until next time, and that is the last order sound, may whatever you're drinking be good, be crafty, and just generally be just good real beer.